How has Shane Beamer changed the perception of South Carolina in the recruiting world? What are the Gamecocks getting in four-star commits in Dante Reno and Grayson Howard? And where do they stand with four-stars Dylan Lonergan, Oluwatison Bobolade, and Xavier McLeod for the 2023 cycle? I'll have a guest on today's show to explain all that and more on the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Locked On Gamecocks. Your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast, your show for daily headlines and potential storylines on your favorite South Carolina Gamecock sports teams. I'm your host, as always, Andrew Lyon, and for the first time ever since I started on the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast, we are going to have a guest coming on to the show today. Yes, that's right. On today's show, I'm going to be joined by John Garcia Jr. of Sports Illustrated. He's the director of football recruiting for Sports Illustrated. And we're going to talk all things Carolina football in regards to recruiting. We're going to be talking about the perception of South Carolina in recruiting and how all that has changed. And John is going to explain sort of where South Carolina stands in terms of Dylan Lonergan's, Oluwatis and Babalades, and Xavier McLeod's recruitment. Plus, what are the Gamecocks getting in four-star commits Dante Reno, and Grayson Howard. I think you're all going to really enjoy today's show, and I don't want to take up too much time. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get right into the interview. Gamecock Nation, I am pleased to be joined by Locked On's recruiting insider, John Garcia Jr. John Garcia is the director of football recruiting for Sports Illustrated and is a college football recruiting analyst for SI Now, SI All-American, and Yellowhammer Football, covering the best high school football in the state of Alabama, uh, John, thanks for being here. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, good to be on with you, Andrew. I know uh, logistically we've gone through some ups and downs, but we finally made it. Let, let's talk Beamer Ball. Yeah, absolutely. Beamer Ball 2.0 is officially here. But before I get into today's recruiting rundown with John Garcia, today's recruiting video is brought to you by our friends over at LinkedIn, the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply. All right. So as you mentioned earlier with Beamer Ball, John, uh, South Carolina has now started to show a propensity over the last couple of summers to have groups of visitors come through Columbia and have really positive reactions in terms of the family culture and the relationships that all of these coaches on this staff are building with the prospects. So with all this in mind, how has Shane Beamer changed South Carolina's perception in recruiting? A ton. I think South Carolina was always viewed as this kind of upstart program. And I think to a degree, they're still in that bubble, but the energy, the infusion, the, I, I guess, inclusivity, it feels like involving everyone, it's become kind of this like niche community on top of that. And I think it's that has made it the combination of the two have made it kind of a destination. And and I think people are viewing Beamer in particular, obviously with, with his pedigree, with his dad and all his experience as this, you know, he's going to make it kind of coach. And I think that brings a benefit of the doubt from every level. It's not even just about the recruits, right? It's the parents, it's the high school coaches. It's the seven-on-seven guys. It's the trainers. Everyone around college football has this 
cautious optimism around South Carolina. And that translates into recruiting. I, I always say perception is so big in recruiting because you're recruiting teenagers and then you're recruiting the people around them who, for the most part, haven't really been through this, right? How many parents have been through the recruiting process before? So when right. you package that and can kind of translate it to something visual or something you can feel when you're on campus in Columbia, it kind of all comes together as, hey, like, this is this is cool. This is kind of something I want to be a part of. And I think that's that's kind of a stars aligning, like galvanizing moment that we're seeing at South Carolina. And that has allowed them to push beyond the Carolinas. They're into Georgia. They're certainly into Florida. They're, they're reaching further in almost the ACC footprint um, than the SEC footprint. And I think that's a great plan for them um, because it's going to allow them to accumulate more talent up and down the East Coast. And that's an area that South Carolina hasn't been prevalent in. So now when you get that offer, you know, you're like, hey, this is big time SEC ball. But it's also like, I don't know anyone from my town who's gone to South Carolina. So it becomes right. again, all those those factors come back around and becomes an interesting destination to at least visit and check out. And obviously, once you do that, it's, it's game on and recruiting. Oh, yeah, absolutely. One hundred percent. Now, obviously, you can be a coach that wins over a lot of recruits by being personable like Shane Beamer is and building legitimate connections with them and their families, which is super important to have in your program. But at the end of the day, results on the field will decide the fate of all football coaches. So if South Carolina were able to exceed the expectations that are being set on them again in 2022, like they sort of did this past season, how much could you see this impacting South Carolina's chances with blue chip prospects, not just for this class, but also beyond? A ton, Andrew. There's really no way to oversell that. Um, you know, not only in the SEC, you've got a great in-state rival that is high profile. So that's always going to attract talent, just mm -hmm. like it does at Auburn, just like it does at some of these other programs in the league. Um, but then you're you're in the East where I know it's, it's all going to change at some point. But right now, as it's constructed, it's Georgia and a whole lot of questions every year, it feels like. So if you can be one of those programs, and this year it's like Tennessee, Kentucky, South Carolina, if you can kind of stay in that group, like South Carolina is already there in year two, which is really hard to do. If you can stay in that group, you're going to bring in talent. Uh, like you said, you've already exceeded expectations once. Uh, and so I think, again, we talked about the benefit of the doubt in the last question. That's in recruiting. Now it's on the field as well. Because the, the biggest question last year was like, this guy's never been a head coach, right? So how was he? how is he going to navigate? How is it going to work? How is he going to deal with roster management? How is he going to deal with attrition? And they had a ton of all of that. The quarterback position was a, a nightmare, right? Oh, yeah. Lots of bad luck, injuries, just having to figure it out. So the test that he passed year one, I think, created so much more benefit of the doubt. So if that continues, because now everyone expects him to be a little bit better. If you, you still overachieve in that regard, now it's going to become part of that expectation where it's like, don't sleep on South Carolina. And that's going to be a thing. Uh, and I think that certainly helps in recruiting because now instead of what you're selling in the future now it's here in the present so now you're selling it like we're doing this today not with you we will do it in three years we've already started doing that now that is invaluable in recruiting because now you're not projecting you're just presenting something that currently tangibly exists and that's when you could hit the highest level and hit your ceiling as a recruiting program 
Absolutely, and it's a big reason why this next season is so important for Shane Beamer and the South Carolina Gamecocks. Hey, Gamecock Nation, how's it going? I hope you all have been enjoying my interview with John Garcia Jr. so far. But before we continue, I want to pass along a quick message from my friends over at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning, like is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? If you own a Honda Odyssey, a fuel pump is $353 on average from a chain store, but it's only $216 when you buy it from Rock Auto. Not to mention, Rock Auto is a family-owned business that's been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. So what are you waiting for? Because it's time to go explore their easy-to-use website today to find a solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On Gamecocks in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. I want to move on to a couple now specific prospects. Uh, Dante Reno, a really big-time QB prospect for the 2024 class, he committed this past Saturday, and he's a guy that South Carolina seemed to lead for for quite a while. He's highly regarded amongst all the recruiting services based on his consensus four-star ranking. So, John, I want to hear your thoughts on what kind of players South Carolina getting with Dante Reno. A guy that fits, and I think when we, we think of the best South Carolina teams, it probably goes to, you know, the guy that's behind you in your background. You know, it goes to those that era, and it goes to these quarterbacks that just kind of, they weren't the biggest or had the biggest arms, but, man, they just made plays. They had moxie. They had some swag about them. Steven Garcia, Connor Shaw, these guys come to mind. And that's where I see a lot – in Dante Reno, he's got a, a nice, strong arm, not the biggest in the world, but he can definitely push the ball to the second and third level with relative ease. But he's, he's got this functionality in the pocket where he's he's got this demeanor where it's like he's getting rushed and, and he's the same. He's got a clean pocket and he's the same. He's outside the pocket and he's the same. So he's got this even keel, like he's born to be a quarterback type of demeanor that I really like on tape. And that's not something we see with underclassmen. This kid, you know, is going into his junior year. So to, to have that already visibly present in his video, I, I think says a ton. And that's why he was such a coveted quarterback prospect. And he might still be down the line. Who knows? But getting this early commitment is, is really big for South Carolina because he seems like the type of quarterback that you could truly build around, not only in recruiting, but most importantly on the field when you actually get him in Columbia for good. And then in the meantime, he'll be an ambassador, right? He'll be a guy that's helping you accumulate more recruiting talent and stretch that footprint even further with him being uh, from the Loomis school up in New England, uh, where he won a state championship last year, by the way. You know, all of that stuff matters. It's present, it's forward presenting, it's tangible, something other recruits can see. And, and at the end of the day, he's a name. He's a name other recruits know. He's a name that I've known for a year, you know. So when when that stuff is is national, like he has been, and he commits to South Carolina, you're just bringing more of that national attention to Columbia, and I think that's a huge get on and off the field and in recruiting in the same. 
Absolutely. And getting that exposure on CBS Sports HQ whenever he committed, definitely a big deal for a program like South Carolina to get that. Uh, Let's talk about four-star linebacker Grayson Howard for a second. Howard, just like Dante Reno, he is a He's considered a blue chip prospect for the 2023 cycle. He's rated by 24-7 Sports Composite as the 249th best prospect in the country and the 17th best linebacker overall. And the feeling that I've gotten from Grayson Howard is that he is a guy that's just different than everybody else. And he's someone who can be the leader of an entire defense. So what are your thoughts regarding Grayson Howard and the skill set that he could bring to the table uh, in Columbia? Well, you know, his nickname is Pup, uh, and it's because he really plays like a dog. This is a seek right. and destroy linebacker. He, he is a heat-seeking missile torpedo. Any analogy from the military you want to bring over fits in this regard. I mean, unbelievable tackle volume and, and a sideline-to-sideline athleticism uh, that really projects in any era of college football. And I think that is what's special about Howard. I think we get lost in a lot of the modern traits. Can he rush the passer? Can he cover a tight end? And that's great, right? And it's flashy mm-hmm. and it, it helps you in the NFL. But we're college football fans. Can, do you have a guy who can run and be physical at the contact point and drive a human being against his will? Right. That is a resounding capital caps lock all yes. For Grayson Howard and that's what I love about his game he is an old school throwback backer but he's got some modern traits within that he is extremely athletic highly intelligent and functional on all three downs he's not one you're going to build for third down and say hey go cover that spot receiver from Clemson because you, you don't want him to do that his strengths are moving downhill so even though he's capable he's a guy you want to play downhill to set the tone of your defense and then again like you said a defense that he will captain one day in Columbia. I think when you can bring in that type of linebacker, again, from the state of Florida, well outside the footprint, it just adds value and, and again, brings more attention because optically, yeah, you, you won that battle over Florida. His in-state, you know, home state SEC school jumped in and, and you were better when he was ready to make his decision. And that's the name of the game in recruiting. So I think his skill set and, and the timing of that commitment was huge for South Carolina, and that's why they've been on this kind of glorified run in multiple recruiting classes simultaneously, which, again, none of that is hard to do at any – none of that is easy to do, excuse me, at any school, much less one that is going into year two of of an administration. Right, yeah, and pairing him up with four-star linebacker commit Jaden Robinson, also out of Florida. Uh, This linebacker class for South Carolina is looking really good, combined with the guys they got in the 2022 cycle. Let's go back to quarterback real quick. Uh, Dylan Lonergan is a name that probably does not get mentioned as much on the national scene because he's a guy that maybe isn't involved in as many camps as the other guys. But he's been South Carolina's main recruiting target for the 2023 recruiting cycle at the quarterback position. And they've been considered to be the leader for a good while. But he took an official visit to Stanford back on the weekend of June 24th. And he seems to have shown a lot of interest in the Stanford Cardinals because they offer a really good baseball program. He wants to play both sports. Uh, They have great academics, of course, which would give him a chance to network professionally. And they have a history of developing quarterbacks in the NFL I feel like that this recruiting battle is much closer than some others think. So, uh, John, with his commitment date coming up on July 12th, where do you think stand overall with Dylan Lonergan? 
It's a great question. I'll start with the beginning of what you said, Andrew. You can't go to a lot of camps in the football offseason when you're an elite baseball player because that's when baseball camps are going on. And, and all indication that is, is that this Brookwood product is an elite baseball player. I mean, I've, I've heard reports that he's throwing like 90 miles an hour. Um, he's, he's rated a 10 in the perfect game scouting metric. I, I'm not as familiar there. But right. uh, it's a 10 out of 10. So, I mean, he is an elite baseball recruit um, to the point where the, the major leagues may be calling. So he may not play at any of these schools when all is said and done. So all of that perception hurts the national appeal of, hey, we're a school looking for a quarterback. So I do think that's part of the reason why his name doesn't come up as much as it should. He is a top 10 quarterback, Andrew. Let, let me just confirm that right quick. Big arm, very good athlete, plays elite competition in the state of Georgia and does all of that while moonlighting as a football player, right? He's he's really a, a kind of a baseball first guy, but football was his first love. Football is going to be a part of his plan for the most part going forward. So, yeah, this decision is one that he pushed back a week. You know, he wasn't quite ready to make after that Stanford official. I do agree with you that this is not – a lock to South Carolina, certainly the program most closely associated with his name, but not so much a lock. Uh, I know Bama truly covets him and they would take his verbal commitment. That's the third school in this mix. And one source told me that they view their quarterbacks as Dylan Lonergan, Eli Holstein, as opposed to Eli Holstein, Dylan Lonergan. So I do think that makes it more interesting from from the Alabama angle. And apparently Nick Saban is going to let him play baseball there as well. But every school is telling him that at this point, Stanford and USC included. Uh, So I do wonder truly where he stands. Although in terms of pushing it back, I think optically looked bad for South Carolina because it's like they've been the favorite and now he pushes it back a week. I talked to Dylan. He didn't push it back because of recruiting. He pushed it back because he wanted more of his people to be able to attend this announcement. People were on family vacations, 4th of July weekend. They were out of town. They won't be on the 12th. And he told me it had nothing to do with new schools getting involved. Many, many people wondered, Florida, LSU, Georgia, missing on Arch Manning, would they start to come in and maybe try to push him back? Not right. the case. Still three schools, still comfortable in making that decision. So I think that's great news for the three, uh, and maybe most importantly, South Carolina. Um, all three have interesting and unique cells, but I do think that longstanding momentum South Carolina has in this recruitment will be tough to beat. In the end, I don't do a whole lot of predictions, so I'm not going to pretend to do so here. But I do think South Carolina is going to be tough to to unseat at the front of this table for Dylan Lonergan. And I'll be tuned in on the 12th for sure. Well, that certainly sounds like good news for South Carolina fans. And it would be great to add him in a quarterback room that already got Tanner Bailey this past year, of course, getting Dante Reno the week prior. Um, Adding Dylan Lonergan, of course, it would really make this quarterback room look extremely talented and deep as it's been in several seasons. Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. For the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You've probably tried the amazing coconut brownie chunk Built Bar, but guess what? Your friends at Built have given coconut brownie chunk the puffs treatment. That's right. The coconut brownie chunk Built Bar flavor you love in a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. But stop drooling and listen to me for a second. They are good for you. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and all delicious. Coconut brownie 
chunk puffs are only here for a limited time. So go to Built.com now to make sure you don't miss out. They are going fast because they taste amazing. All Built Bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. The best part about Built Puffs, besides the 100% real chocolate, is that you can enjoy them guilt-free because they're actually good for you. They're the perfect treat when you've got a craving, you need to satisfy your sweet tooth, or if you need a quick, healthy snack after a workout. They are an excellent source of protein. Delicious coconut, rich, sweet brownie, creamy marshmallow, so stop fantasizing and get to Built.com right now to order your box of Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Puffs. And if you're looking to save money, we got you covered there as well. When you go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Go right now while the offer lasts. So I want to talk about a couple more targets on the 2023 recruiting board and four-star offensive tackle Oluwatisan Babalade out of Maryland and four-star defensive lineman Xavier McLeod uh, out of South Carolina. Because both of these guys are guys that it seems like it's been kind of difficult to get a read on either prospect. Babalade, to start off with him, he's visited South Carolina multiple times now, but it's been really hard to get a gauge on where he's leaning, from my viewpoint at least. And McLeod has gone from looking like a Gamecock lock, to say the least, to he's now visited a lot of out-of-state programs over the last five or six months, with, which understandably so, you know, for a prospect who's so close to South Carolina can drive there pretty much any time. You know, you want to be able to see those out-of-state programs like LSU, Texas A&M, and Michigan, who I've heard a lot about recently. But it has given a lot of Gamecock fans cause to pause on if he could wind up in this class. So where does South Carolina stand with, with both of these blue-chip prospects? Yeah, you know, I, I think with the offensive tackle, you're right. It's been wide open. Five official visits to five different programs. Uh, but there's a July 31st commitment date, we think, right? We saw him flirting with it on on Twitter. Uh, and I know Dante Reno was, like, <laughs> championing South Carolina today, right. actually, that Alawate uh, retweeted uh, on his end, if you want to read into social media, which is a nightmare, so don't do it. Right. Uh, but there's certainly, look, there's certainly some – momentum for South Carolina. They're still in this mix. I don't think he has a narrowed list of top programs, and that makes it really hard. I think the last time he came out with a list, I haven't noted here, it was like a top 10 or 15. So it really doesn't do much for us on the recruiting side of things. But I do have his official visits here. It was uh, North Carolina in May, and then in June, he hit the road hard. South Carolina followed by Ohio State, then Rutgers and Maryland to wrap things up. So three different conferences represented here, all kind of in that Eastern seaboard region uh, that we've seen become uh, just so hotly recruited. And he's a DeMatha Catholic kid, so he's been known for such a long time. So with two dozen offers, it really kind of convolutes the process. But typically, when you take those five official visits, those are kind of the five schools. And, And no disrespect to Rutgers, I think when you look at those five, Rutgers kind of doesn't fit in. Maryland would probably do that to a lot of people, but he's a Baltimore or a DeMatha Catholic kid, right? Heightsville, Maryland. So you got to keep uh, the Terps in that conversation and probably you don't rule them out. Uh, I know prediction wise, it's been all over the place with this kid. And and I'm kind of in that boat as well. I I do think Ohio State is is loading up at the position. So I'm not sure if he's a take there. Uh, South Carolina, uh, Ohio State, Maryland, uh, probably the three that make the most sense. North Carolina has added multiple offensive linemen of late as well. Uh, so I do think it could come down to 
uh, what a lot of recruitments come down to, staying home versus going with the school that seems to be pushing most. And I know Greg Adkins at USC has really commanded this recruitment. He's been everywhere, probably half the schools we're talking about, and he's done well at a lot of those posts. So I do think there is some longstanding development this kid needs, and I know Adkins can sell him on his track record of doing so. And then I think with, uh, with Xavier, it's totally the opposite. No commitment date, no top schools, just kind of wide open. He's only taken a couple official visits. I think Michigan and LSU got those. You mentioned A&M. We know South Carolina is the in-state favorite. It seems like there's no rush for him to come off the board, which probably isn't the best news for South Carolina. They're the hometown school. They've been in it the longest. Um, but as he explores more campuses, naturally, he's going to gravitate towards uh, considering them a little bit higher. And like you said, Michigan does hold some buzz. It was kind of an eye-opening visit to Ann Arbor that he was able to take there at the end of June. So you wonder how much that could factor in as time goes on. But, you know, you really could look at this one of two ways. The sooner the better for USC, which is probably the case, or even if it goes all the way to signing day, USC is the hometown school. It's the hometown program. So there's so much familiarity that they are not to be discounted in the race uh, for one of the best available defensive linemen in, in, in the region. So I do think South Carolina is going to stay in it for him all the way through. Um, and I could see him picking the Gamecocks if he does want to come off the board sooner rather than later. But as time goes on, you wonder how the rest of the programs in the mix will reshuffle the deck. They start getting commitments at the position, the board changes. That could be something to track here. But we know South Carolina is going to hold the spot for him uh, basically throughout the process. He, you're more familiar than me. He might be the top in-state recruit left for South Carolina in this 23 cycle, and that carries a lot of weight. Yeah, absolutely. With four-star edge, Montique Rams also out of Sumter High School. Shane Beamer Company really trying to lock down the state of South Carolina in terms of recruiting defensive linemen. Of course, they have had a lot of success with in-state defensive linemen over the past 15 or 20 years or so. Uh, John, I really cannot thank you enough for joining me today on the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, and I greatly appreciate your time and your insight in the recruiting world for South Carolina. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it, man. Take care. Well, that's going to do it for today's show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. I hope that all of you thoroughly enjoyed today's show and interview with John Garcia, Jr., the Director of Football Recruiting at Sports Illustrated. If you are interested in following John Garcia so that you can get all news and updates related to high school football recruiting across the country as a whole, you can go follow John Garcia on Twitter at John Garcia underscore Jr. Really appreciate John once again for joining me on today's show. But that's going to do it for me on today's show, the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. I hope that you all have a great rest of your Thursday, and I'll catch you all on the next show of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast.